0: Go. The- yeah. Welcome back to Dangerous Frederick guys. This is episode 85. Before we jump into it, I'm going to remind everyone, please subscribe if you like the content. Um, if you have any interesting thoughts to contribute, we love hearing comments. Um, Please share this video if you uh, have the cojones to do that. And if you want to help us continue having these conversations, we will gladly take your money. Please donate. (laughs) And no no longer available on PayPal. (laughs) No longer because PayPal is shady. Yeah, we could we could talk about that a bit actually too. Yeah. Um, With all of that said, today we are joined once again by the the based, the handsome, the awesome dad. (laughs) <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> i'm like what else can i say adam coleman author of black victim to black victor um thanks for joining us adam
1: thank you for having me
0: always a pleasure man there's plenty of things to talk about um one of the things we'll discuss i guess is uh, apparently rumor has it you're not blacking correctly <laughs> um this is what i've heard from twitter <laughs> that you're you're blacking incorrectly um, and people like Kanye West are, are blacking incorrectly. They don't know how to black correctly. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how,
2: does one, I'm confused.
0: You're confused. <laughs> confused. You're not allowed to have any conservative ish opinion at all. That right? is, oh, if you have more melanin, it's just, it's just not allowed. It's not permitted. You're was,
1: it goes deeper than that. It's, deeper. It's, it's all cultural. It's, uh, how you speak, uh what you wear what kind of music you like like it's a whole thing yeah
0: we had um a guest on last year Alexia Williams um she went kind of viral cuz she did this like rant about the um the masks and stuff and one of the things we discussed on the show with her was this idea of colorism she talked about um how she never quite fit in with black or white people because like she would like listen to country music and things like that so like her family members would tell her she wasn't black enough you know and then she would hang out with some other people who would tell her she was acting too white right or too black whatever she's married to a white man um he listens to more like hip-hop and rap music and things like that and things that are stereotypically considered more black whereas she's more like you know a valley girl in her accent and things like that so she kind of discussed what it's like to experience like that form of racism from within like your own community
1: yeah yeah, um, yeah I mean for me because uh, I know you're referring to that one tweet that I put out I think it was yesterday but you know for me it was basically since I was a little kid you know we moved around a lot um, you know uh, I lived in four states before they so you know, we moved lot different states. Different states. Um you know, I left Detroit at the age of five and then we moved to uh Virginia outside of D C and the suburbs. Um and then from there we went to upstate New York and that was even more rural. Um and that uh, we lived there for quite a bit. Um but when we lived there basically like I was one of like four black kids in in the entire school. And, you know, for the most part, I didn't really have any bad experiences or anything like that while while being there. But it wasn't until you start interacting with uh, other people as far as, because there wasn't a lot of Black people that I went to school with. So when you start interacting with Black people from different areas and stuff like that, you start to get that vibe um, that you don't fit in um, or that you, you hear the, the comments and the, you know, the remarks um, about you basically not being black enough or, or what they deem is uh, stereotypically black enough. Um, you know, at the time I, I listened to rock music and later on got into electronic music and I'm a product of my environment. Like that's that's what the other kids would listen to. I liked it. So I just listened to it. And later on, I, I started listening to hip hop and other other things, but you know, it's like you're, everybody always talks about getting out of the hood. And then when you're out of the hood, you get shamed for becoming the product of the environment, you know, um, and on top of that, what's a shame is that, like if if someone was to meet me and they hear how I talk and speak proper, and they would probably assume we grew up in the suburbs and, you know, lived some some good life. Like we were poor, like we were homeless multiple times. Um, you know, there was one point in time, my mom had to stay in a trailer with this lady that she really didn't know because we were sleeping in hotel rooms, right? And this is in upstate New York. So, you know, despite all all these different things, like, we went through some stuff, like we were poor. It's just that the only poor that we're used to is the, the urban poor, you know, living in the projects and all this other stuff. But we were legit homeless a couple of times. We stayed in a homeless shelter uh, one time. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's that kind of situation that people assume that you grew up a particular way. Um, and I've seen people's faces when I tell them, like, what we went through. And they're like, oh, I have no idea. Like, they, they wouldn't assume that. Right. Um, but,
0: it Happens to unfortunately. me all the time honestly, same, you know, I feel like just for being white, I think people, or in the way I speak as well, people assume that I might come from a suburban area or I come from money. I don't, you know, my family never had much money. My parents are both disabled. I'm from Elizabeth, New Jersey. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a very urban environment. It's probably like 75% Latino, like 12% black. And like the rest is all mixed you know my school was a very diverse place and it was a rough place to go to school you know there's a lot of gang activity yeah. and, and things like that and you know i had many friends who spoke in ebonics and that sort of thing as well i wouldn't say that stuff like rubbed off on me but if i wanted to code switch i could but when i speak this way and just the way i appear i think people make similar assumptions about me
1: yeah yeah i mean we all make assumptions of people you know we we have to assess people based off of how they look, how they speak, and stuff like that. But it's, I think it's when you go past that initial assessment, it's when you expect people to behave a particular way, rather than just assessing something. Um, So like, for example, if I wore a suit, you would assume that a bunch of things, maybe I have money, you know, I take care of myself, things like that. You know, that's a good assumption, but maybe, you know, I'm just skating by and I'm, you know, live check to check, yeah. but I'm hoping that for a better future. You you never know, but you can make, you can make certain assumptions. Uh, but when you learn these things about somebody, then you, it, you know, it should expand your mind a little bit rather than saying, well, that you're not doing it right. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. Um,
2: who, who are these people that are suggesting that you're not doing it right? like, that's Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they, they kind of disqualify
1: themselves right there, don't they? I mean, it, I think it depends on what realm. So if you're talking politically, uh, you could definitely say leftists and progressives. Um, I believe it was um, <laughs> I was about to call her a name, but uh, shoot, I can't remember her real name. I, I usually call her uh, Lex Luthor. Um <laughs> Uh, she's part of the squad. Oh, uh, Rashida? Not AOC. no, not Rashida. Uh, the she other one, because she's, she's bald. Uh, she Eli. is Elon Omar. No, no, no. She's bald. Bald. The, oh, um, I don't remember.
0: There's another one. Yeah, yeah. I know. I can see her face in my in my head, but I don't remember.
2: I name. don't know. AOC, yeah. Rashida. Elon. She's
1: super aggressive. Oh,
2: damn.
1: Um, oh my gosh! Well, Look, basically.
2: Sorry. Are no, going to
1: look it up? <laughs>
2: look, it up yeah.
0: look it up, Daniel. Ayana Presley.
1: Oh, Thank you. Oh, I wanted to say Ayana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, she's pretty, too. She's very pretty. Yeah. I mean,.
2: Yeah for somebody who's going to bite your head off. <laughs> yeah. make like her jaw distends and she'll just be like, Lex Luthor.
1: <laughs> Lex Luthor is appropriate. Yeah, mainly because she's bald and she has evil plans for the world. Um, but yeah, she said, you know, something to the effect, I'm going to mess up the quote, Um we don't want black faces who aren't gonna advocate for black policies or something, something of that nature. Um, Why is she racializing? It's so racist
2: to me. These people and they just wear their racism like on their sleeve, and then they project it outward. It's like if you're if you're not lining up with us, then you're the. Pro- it's like, sweetie, guys are so transparent.
1: Yeah, that's but that's the progressive way. That's I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> they're they're married me i'll i'll say i'll say this there's like a small percentage who aren't into this world like they maybe they're progressive and they have certain progressive dreams of certain things uh you know universal health care or something of that nature right Mm -hmm. um but what's happened is it's it's beyond the policy and it and it's within the social the social realm they are very identity-driven, right? They're the ones who are the purveyors of POC, you know, calling us people of color. Um, you know, they're the purveyors of all these different things that we're, that I'm actively fighting against uh, in my own way to say that it's nonsense. It's, it's like this boutique ideology that certain people believe in. Um, that's much of its projection a lot of it's fantasy um, and, and very much of it is very racial and racist. Um, th- even just how they portray it. And they think that they're being gracious, uh, <laughs> you know, just totally you know lacking so, any self-awareness. Yeah. No, no self-awareness. Yeah. Like I've, I've definitely met some, I say met, I've I met some, some progressives who have like, Good intentions but they don't see Same. how how like you don't hear yourself like saying this yeah it's like that guy
2: uh, the father and get out when he's like i voted for obama twice yeah
1: <laughs> uh uh okay but i I've, I've legit seen like my favorite are the ones on twitter who are like Right now is not the time to talk to black people about these issues. You need to give them their space. Like, why are you speaking for us? Yeah. Like, what, like, <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, What does that mean? It, it's, so, it's so weird um, how they, they're, they're hyper-collective. Like, human beings are collective, no matter if we try to fight it or not. 20. You go abroad. Yeah, we're tribal. You know, if you were to go abroad to another country, you find another American, you'd be like, oh, snap we're We're from America, you know we're we're part, oh okay, but like that's that's our nature, but sometimes you you have to like separate it because being too collectivist it can be a very bad thing um and we've seen that time and time again at the same time, being too much of an individual, we can't have a functioning society, so you have to have like a balance between the two, yeah um but the problem is they are wholesale into collectivist thinking, right? And, and they're so wholesale into collectivist thinking that it contradicts all different types of stuff. <laughs> so like my favorite is the, the trans situation because the feminists are like, yeah, women women empowerment. And they're all behind like all this, all this uh, you know, neo-Marxist stuff. But then when it enters the trans situation, all of a sudden they're uncomfortable. It's like, no, but keep going. You yeah. know, you it, said they're women, right? Yeah. Well, it, now we're similar, coming into your space. It's similar
0: <laughs> to, to like their, um, their aversion to criticizing Islam at all, you know, like, yeah. especially for their homophobia and things like that in the, in the Middle East. It's like, you know, on one hand, they're like LGBTQ rights and all this. And then on the other hand, they're like any criticism of Islam is, homo- is uh, Islamophobia, so it's like they're they're holding these like all these contradictory things in their head at once. I don't even know. I don't know how they hold it. Like, how do they not crack?
1: Well, it, it, well, yeah, <laughs> it, actually, it. You, you bring up something like a good point. I've always found it very interesting. Like and this is I, I've brought up religion a couple of times. I have no problem with people who are atheists. I have no problem with people who are agnostic. Like believe who wanna believe or don't believe, like I get it, I was agnostic at one point, I'm a Christian today. So it's not a shot at them. But what I've noticed, especially coming from the progressive left, is that when they like to rag on religions, they only rag on Christianity. They like to say, oh, you believe in the man in the sky, oh, these Christians, you believe this, you believe that. But they will never criticize any other religion. They will never criticize. Other religions think, uh, like, if you were to say, um, why would someone believe this? They have wacky stuff that they believe in. Like, if you want to just remove it from religion and just tell you a, a particular story, yeah, it might seem kind of wacky. It might seem kind of weird, but certain people believe this. And they never criticize them. You know why? Because Christians ain't coming to, to kill you. Like Christians ain't coming after you. Christians ain't. We're not doing anything like that because that's that's against Christian values. It's, and it's not to say that it's not to say that it is part of the Muslim faith to do so. But the the thing is, they've infantilized uh, people who are Muslim. Wow. They they are not. They're scared to. They're they're scared of uh, offending Muslim people. They're scared to be seen as uh, racial and. and Uh, I don't want to say racial, I want to say racist. They're scared of being racist towards Muslim people, but at the same time, they look down upon them. They don't expect much of them. Um, I see that same kind of attitude about Muslim people when we talk about the migration from North Africa and from the Middle East into Europe, the way they speak about it. It's like, for example, I remember hearing um, Germans talk about well, they could really help to do the lower skill work. We hear the same thing what they say about Mexicans and people from Central America. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi just said the same thing. It's yeah, this yeah. mentality. It yeah. We use labor it, up it's here. Like, It'd be great to yeah, be able like, to pick the fields. Do you hear right. yourselves? Do you hear what that sounds like? It's it's. But to to go back to go back a little bit on the religious the religion piece if you're if you're going to criticize religion and say that religion is stupid right but you're you're not giving people who are muslim or buddhist or whatever their due of criticism right you're purposely skipping over them to me i i find something wrong with that because i think people who are muslim or buddhist or any other religion can take some criticism right you should be allowed to criticize anybody like There are people who criticize, there are Christians who criticize other Christians, right? And they they debate things, right? And we we understand that people can have constructive conversations about these things, but they never enter them. They never criticize, they never ridicule, they never accuse, they never do any of this stuff, and they just completely gloss over. If, for example, let's say if there's like a a crazy right-wing question that does something, right? They'll mention that they're a Christian and they'll say, see, this is an example of Christians who do X, Y, and Z. White, white if, nationalism.
0: They'll probably call right.
1: it. They'll say that, that is, that is, that is a, a perfect example. And this is how they think. But if it's any other religion, they would never go to that extreme. They would never go to that extreme of saying these particular things. They would never criticize them. And it is because in my opinion, Christians have made it very, very comfortable to be criticized within this country, and so people do so. But I think they're just afraid of uh, offending uh, or coming off as seen as, as being offensive towards anybody else. But I think it, I think it's because they infantilize Muslims, they infantilize Buddhists, they infantilize anybody else yeah. who is associated with brown skin or or non-white. Let's just say non-European. Yeah. But
0: also, non yeah. non straight, you know, anyone who, yeah. who is like bisexual, lesbian, gay, anything, same thing, you know they they coddle minorities, is what it feels yeah. like. Like it feels like a, like coddling, like they're treating us like we're children, like we have to hold our hands, mm-hmm. like we're made of glass. It's that like
2: narcissistic consuming mother, that just of. like
0: wants to like use you mm-hmm. as like a
2: status symbol. Well,
0: speaking of offense and not being afraid to offend. Brent. <laughs> Brent just pulled up this photo. I pulled is, this one uh, up
2: because this was, I mean, relative in context, and also everyone's Kanye, talking about it. Kanye also it's, got in trouble for this tweet where he was like, I guess somebody. Uh, we'll get into that next. I think okay, we're we'll talk about this first. Yeah,
0: well, we okay. should definitely stick with what this you know (laughs) resulted in so kanye went to a fashion event um where was this was this in paris
2: Paris, yeah yeah.
1: and
0: he posed with candace owens with both of them wearing t-shirts on the back that said on the back it says white lives matter and oh boy the pearls were clutched (laughs) all the pearls were clutched twitter was going crazy the (laughs) leftists were going crazy and once again you know kanye is now like the devil to these people (laughs) <laughs> and he ended up on Tucker Carlson and all of that. So, know, also know. brilliant marketing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to
2: get thrown right into the news, like,
0: yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's brilliant, brilliant trolling. Brilliant it actually trolling. is really clever when you think about it. But, you know, what's what's your opinion of this, you know, and, and of Kanye?
1: Oh, uh, um, man, there's so many different ways to go about this. So we'll start with the White Lives Matter. Um, I get it. I just wouldn't do it, but that's just me personally. Um, I do like the response that he's had in the Tucker Carlson interview where his father said, you know, well, it's obvious. Yeah. Like,
0: Well, he said he liked that a black man was stating the obvious.
1: Yeah, Sad. exactly. Yeah. Um, and especially coming from the perspective of a Christian, you're, you're, you're trying to see people as equal and you're trying to say that, everybody's life matters. Um, you know, unless you do something evil but that's on an individual basis. So, um, you know, but I, I see it as a bit of trolling. Um, yeah, quite a bit of trolling. Yeah. To be honest. Totally, totally. Um, especially from like Candace's part, she's definitely for the trolling. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, just personally, I, you know, I wouldn't wear it, but I also wouldn't wear a Black Lives Matter shirt either um, for a multitude of reasons. Um, what do I think of Kanye in general? I think Kanye means well.
0: I think I just he think... does too. I think he does too. I used to not be sure, but now I think I'm a little leaning toward that position as well.
1: Yeah. Um, one thing I'll I will take from the from the tucker carlson interview is that um family <clears throat> is is very important to him
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know he brought it up over and over about his over, kids what's children over. um he and and what happened to him as child basically uh being <clears throat> kind of separated from his his father um when his mother basically threatened that if if the father tried to come for him that he'll he'll never see him again Um, and that, that kind of stuff kind of shapes someone's life, especially Kanye. So you can tell he doesn't want to, and I think he even said it, he doesn't want to have the same situation.
0: Yeah. Right. He he mentioned, um, buying the house next door to Kim and how he got criticized for that when all he really wanted was to just make sure he was still near his kids. And you can very much see like that decision being rooted in, in his childhood.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, and, you know, he has the resources to do so. And so he's going to exercise it. But, um, you know, this idea that he's a stalker or he's trying to do X, Y, and Z. No, he just, it, the, the most obvious thing that makes the most sense is that he wants to be near his kids. Yep. You like, you think he wants to, he's going to buy a house and furnish it and do all this stuff because of Pete Davidson.
0: Yeah. Like, you think he wants to hang out with Pete and his ex. You know what I mean? Definitely not that.
1: <laughs> first of all every anybody could look at this and be like, "Oh, this isn't lasting more than three months like <laughs> and exactly it's like Pete Davidson moved on with his life or whatever uh so no he's not he's not purchasing a home to stalk his ex wife because Pete Davidson is there. um he wants to be by his kids. That's the thing that makes the most sense, yeah, so awesome. that's the biggest thing I kind of took away,
0: yeah, um. I thought the line he said, um, you know, I I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. I thought that was a very powerful statement to make, especially on national television like that. What do you think of that line?
1: I I think it's also a powerful statement. Um, You know, this was the most uh, lucid conversation that I've seen him have publicly in quite a while. Um, You know, granted, how he speaks, and I kind of figured out, like, Kanye speaks in circles, right? But he'll eventually get to the point that he's trying to make. It's just hard to follow.
0: He mentioned uh, that to Tucker, too. He was like, I know you're asking me these questions and you're getting, like, these four-part answers. He's like, I hope that's okay. <laughs> I hope you're yeah. following me. And Tucker was like, no, I'm following you. But uh, I noticed that, too, Um, a couple years ago when he was on Joe Rogan, yeah, that he would very much sort of start answering the question and kind of circle around into a kind of tangent and then come back around. But, um, I think that it might just be like his creative mind too, you know, and I'm an artist, so I, I very much understand how a creative brain works and makes all of these various connections and it can be easy to go off on tangents.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's so that's, that's what I kind of put it up to, but to, to say that he's crazy, I don't think that he's crazy. I think that I think anybody who becomes that big and that successful and that much so in the public eye, um, they have a lot of pressure on them Uh, and they're, they're led to do certain things. They're led to believe certain things. People are always in their air. Um, or sometimes people don't even listen to what you're saying, you know? And I found that to actually be interesting what he was saying, like, he only wants to be around people who listen to him because people would specifically be in his life to obstruct what he's saying, um, even within his own company. So I, I found that to be very interesting but it makes sense that there, are you know, you, you become like this, uh, you become like the symbol and people see that symbol and they, they're attracted to that symbol, but then they're also predators who try to yeah. you know, take something from it too.
0: They expect um, all of this stuff from you. They expect you to be the voice for all the black community and the voice of a generation. And so right. this, um this is making me think of um, Kendrick Lamar as well and his latest record. I don't know if you're a fan of him. Um, I am I thought that new record was brilliant and one of the things he addresses in that record was the silence that he had about BLM over the last couple of years because all these people kept expecting him to say something comment on George Floyd comment on this comment on COVID and I think Kendrick just kind of wanted to pull back and assess the situation and just analyze, like what's going on here like are we being manipulated. So eventually he does address all of that stuff and he just puts it all in his record. And man, did he rip the cancel culture woke stuff apart? And he, he changed. You know, if you listen to that album and you listen to his lyrics in there, he really changed. He brought on another rapper to guest star in a couple tracks, Kodak Black. Um, Kodak Black was pardoned by Trump. Kodak Black likes Trump. He's gotten a lot of shit for that. Um, I think just Kendrick bringing him on the record to do a song and to sing with him was supposed to make a big statement in that sense like maybe we're supposed to come together and kind of see where we can find common ground like he has a line in there that he says uh, you know they like when i'm pro black but i'm more kodak black and i think what he's saying is like he's trying to tell his fans like maybe i'm more like this guy than you want to believe you know and even though he's someone who doesn't like trump he's willing to break bread with someone just as a friend and you should be able to look past those differences but that pressure is is why I'm bringing this up, because that's very much what that record is about. When you listen to it is that pressure that he's supposed to be this savior, this voice of a generation, this, you know, this political activist and all this stuff. And at the end of it, he's just like, I'm just trying to serve God and be a better man. I'm just a man. I'm not a savior. Right. And that's the takeaway from the album. And honestly, I think the message is powerful. I, I think more people should really listen to it.
1: You know, uh, I, I guess I should listen to it now, the, the yeah. way you were speaking it. Okay.
0: Um,
1: yeah, you know, I think we expect a lot from, especially from famous Black people, I think we expect them to, to toe a certain line and become, like you said, like the voice of a generation. Um, and children, look up to you. And granted, I, I think celebrities in general get that kind of same speech. Like, watch what you say. You you know, Children are watching and um, but I, I think there's a different level of pressure because you're representing a group, um, or at least that's, that's how they're trying to, to push you to think, um, you, you represent your race, you represent your, your culture, your group. Um, and I think that's, that's a lot of pressure to put on anybody's shoulder. You know, I've had people kind of do that to me, um, before, you know, make reference to me being black and, you know, and even if they're giving me something positive to say about it, like that's some pressure that you're trying to put on me to make sure I do well because I'm black, because of the image of black people. Like it it is a, it is a little bit of pressure to see, to constantly see you as a representation of a large group of people. And so don't fuck it up. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You know. <laughs> this is um, what I'm constantly harping on with the drag queens and the story hours. I'm like, you guys are ruining it for all our people. You're being
0: a <laughs> bad example for us gays. But I mean, Kendrick definitely came out and was just like, I'm not playing that game. Um, I'm gonna read a section here. I'm gonna try to like do it without like cursing or saying the n-word. But <laughs> so <laughs> in the song Savior, here's a, a verse from there. He says Bite they tongues in rap lyrics, scared to be crucified about a song. But they won't admit it. Politically correct is how you keep an opinion. People is tight-lipped. Fuck who you fuck who you dare to be different. Seen a Christian say the vaccine, Mark of the Beast. They caught COVID and prayed to Pfizer for relief. Then I caught COVID and started to question Kyrie, the basketball player. Will I stay mm-hmm. organic or hurt in this bed for two weeks? And then he says, do you really want to know? Meaning he's not going to tell you, did I get the shot or not get the shot? He's very much trying to get people on both sides, I think to kind of look at this culture that we've created here, where people are afraid to actually express themselves and to say what they really think. And that includes artists with these big platforms because they're so afraid of being canceled.
1: Yeah, I don't know why though.
0: Money, I don't know either, man. Well, probably like, status. So the like, bigger,
2: but the bigger you are, the more you have. Yes. To be, the more you have to lose. It's true, and the more people are dependent on yeah. you. And it's not just like people, like your wife and your kids. At like to that point, it's eventually, it's like your manager and like your your label and your company. And there's like all these people that you employ, and it's it's got to be a crazy amount of pressure.
1: Um, I mean, part of me wants to say maybe you should lose them, maybe. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, I, I guess it's uh, my, my view of things is that, um, you know, we were talking about before being, being homeless and, and going through some stuff and then building yourself up. You're kind of like, you've been on two different spectrums. And so for me, I'm just like, the other side isn't as bad as you think it is, or the fall isn't as as far as you think it's going to go. Right. Cause we've seen people who kind of like stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do that. And guess what? They still have a career. Their career maybe looks a little different. Maybe they don't make as much money, but we still know their names and they're doing just fine. And they kept Um, their dignity. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's like, I couldn't imagine selling myself short, keeping my mouth shut just to make some stranger feel better or some, some manager of mine who would drop me in a dime when I stopped making the money, you know, like, I, I'm just not,
0: yeah. I, 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 can't understand. That. I can't imagine that just as an artist, because I feel yeah. like I would not actually be able to be a true artist if I wasn't able to like actually express myself. And there was a fear that, oh, well, if I actually say what I want to say in my art, I'm going to lose my audience, you know?
1: Right. Right. And I, I can understand like, when Kanye was talking about how it was driving him crazy that he couldn't say that he liked Trump. Yes. You know, when he's a person who does all these things to express himself, but it's that one area that he's not allowed to say anything. When it feels like everybody's getting to say th- how they feel, but I'm not allowed to. Yeah, um, And even more so, I'm not allowed to say how I feel because I'm Black as well. Like, that doesn't seem right.
0: I thought so, that was actually one of the most, like, revelatory parts of that interview was when he talked about like he didn't realize how close his ex-wife was to the Clintons and he started to tell Tucker like he felt like they were attempting to manipulate him you know for years to keep him silent on those opinions because of how it would reflect on her and like him and his career and all this stuff and I think you're right I think that that pressure eventually just got to him to the point where he was like I'm done with this you know and then he puts yeah. the red hat on, and and all that, and then it's, you know, we That's know what happened them. after that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I, I respect that, I, you know, I respect that portion of what he did yeah. to say, "F it, I'm gonna say how I feel. I don't care if you like it or not."
0: Now there's also this recent controversy. Um, <laughs> he made a, a particular comment about Jewish people, which got him in trouble. Is he still on Twitter? Uh or is he gone? Know. I don't know. Did they boot him? I
2: don't
0: know. I don't know. I think it was got,
2: on Instagram, I think. And then he got booted from Instagram. I think Instagram. he got booted from Instagram because he screamed that screenshot. But like he didn't say anything like to- hateful about Jewish people. All he did was say that like somebody else who was texting him. Who was it that was texting him? I don't remember. I forget. But I think it was like I'm another trying to pull a comment up. It was like another famous uh celebrity. Um And like the implication was that like some of that famous celebrity's Jewish friends were like telling him to reach out to Kanye and to be like, Tell Kanye to do this and then Kanye just like saw through it and was just Well so he
0: tweeted this. I'm gonna read it and quote him. So YouTube, I'm quoting. He said, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up I'm doing I'm going Death Con three on Jewish people, which he capitalized the, funny, the, was
2: yeah, the that. funny
0: thing is I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew also. You guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone whoever opposes your agenda. Um, and there's definitely I mean, I can see why people are looking at this and they're wondering like, well, what are you what are you saying here? Um, this concept of like that black people are also Jewish. Um, I believe that comes from Nation of Islam, if not mistaken, or
1: no, it's, I think, it's um.
0: Not uh, you know, Black Hebrew black, Israelites. Black Israelites. Black Israelites. Yeah. yeah. Um, I never quite understood that ideology. I don't know how much you know about it yourself, but it was it always kind of confused me. I don't know where that theory comes from or what their argument is there.
1: I I don't remember like the the source of it, but I remember one at one point I used to know a little bit more, and I, I just I just forgot. Because it's it's silly. Like but they're like did serious about yeah. it.
0: But I've seen I, them. I've seen them on the street preaching and stuff like
1: Yeah. They basically believe that they're the the actual Jewish people. Now, I don't I don't know how they make that conclusion like uh, what what's the basis of that conclusion that that they have? Um I just don't remember it, but like the other stuff I remember listening. All right, I'll put it like this. I know I'm like I sound like I'm stuttering it's because I want to say it in the right, the right way. Um, I'm someone who listens to how people say stuff sometimes more than what they're saying. And when I listen to them say certain things, it sounds very similar to how like Scientologists would say certain things. Um, it sounds very, very conspiratorial. It's and how they speak sounds very, um, very, very ideological, like so adamantly strong, but at the same time, they, they speak like they're in danger. And I think, I think any ideology that pushes something like, uh, that, that has like calls for action and, and poses danger and you must do something, you must take to the street, you must, uh, uh proselytize and all these things, you must do all these things. Um, in the mind of the wrong person, they'll act upon it. And we've seen that. There's actually been Jewish attacks. Uh, I think there was one in Newark um, not too long ago. I think it was like a few years ago um, where they shot up a kosher shop and, and, and killed Jewish people. I think I remember that. This, was yeah. the
2: one I was thinking of He posted on Instagram. It was between him, I guess, and P. Diddy or Puff Daddy. Says Puff. Yeah. Uh, and... like you'll be fine just love and he says i'm gonna use you as an example to show the jewish people that told you to call me that no one can threaten or influence me (laughs) so i don't that's what i thought was the jewish controversy but i guess he is making more public but he's made a couple remarks now about
0: so i wanted to read a funny tweet in response to this so one of my twitter friends Daniel got hits, tweeted something the other day that made me chuckle. He said, imagine texting Kanye right now. You know that whole convo going to be screenshotted on IG within like 30 seconds.
2: Well, I guess that's not bad. So
0: <laughs> that just cracked me up, man. I'm sorry. But he does just like screenshot all these conversations <laughs> and starts putting them on uh, on Instagram, which is fascinating.
2: Well, that's Kanye. Let's yeah. What are you going to do?
0: So I guess let's maybe we'll talk a little bit about Candace as well because, you know, she's another – extremely controversial figure um, who was accused of not blacking correctly for holding...
2: Are oh, you want to <laughs> talk about her before we talk about Lizzo?
0: Yeah, we'll talk about Candace because, you know, she's involved in, in the whole controversy with the literature <laughs> and White Lives Matter and all that. Um, and she's also, I, th- I believe she's putting out a documentary soon about the yeah. Black Lives Matter movement. So yeah. maybe we'll chat a bit about the Black Lives Matter movement and I think you pulled up an article, right? Oh, you Yeah, well, just how much of oh, like just how much of like a scam all of this was so and you- also
2: congrats to mr adam yes. for having his first major article in the daily mail the daily get mail. all that uk yeah. exposure
0: yeah so the introducing you to all the british peoples so the long <laughs> title of the article is Madoff gave better returns to his investors than blm did to black americans oh! so why are we angrier at kanye for calling out their scam than we are that they spent millions in donations on private jets and real estate? asks Adam B. Coleman. Oh. So talk a bit about this article and what you know what exactly you were trying to convey here.
1: Uh I was trying to convey that BLM is full of shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kendrick- um they were full of shit from the beginning.
0: Kendrick Lamar agrees <laughs> with you, man. He he called them overnight activists. It's
2: basically <laughs> put it down in here. It was from tw- 2020 to 2021, the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation accumulated around 90 million dollars in donations. A substantial amount of that money was spent on anything except poor black people. Tax filings show that 32 million was invested in stocks, and more than 37 million was spent on consultants, real estate, private jets. Six million of that went to purchasing a studio, studio city, California mansion where BLM founder Patrice Coolyers partied with friends and threw a birthday party for her son.
0: Uh, yeah, apparently, there's some other damning thing, and then
2: I guess none of the small little local chapters got any of that money,
1: right? And the, the other part to kind of add to it is they're hoarding tens of millions of dollars, right? They got like, it. That, out. That's that's like that's not normal for nonprofits, right? I guess mean, one thing if you're a corporation or something like that, but yeah. that's not normal for a nonprofit for you to hoard tens of millions of dollars. So, I mean, that, that tells me like, from the very beginning, they had no idea what to do. They had no idea what to do with that money. Um, they had no, they had no real plan. They had no strategy to, to dive up money. Um, and on top of that, they just kind of like became selfish. And like you said, the other chapters were like, hey, we'd like some funds to do some stuff. And they never did anything. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Go, oh, we'll you call know. you
0: back. Didn't uh, Sharon Osbourne recently just say uh, she wanted her donation back? I like think she, yeah, she said
2: she donated like $900,000.
0: $900. Almost a million, yeah. Yeah. She was like, I want it back. <laughs> Too late, Sharon. Sorry, Sharon. You know, you should have been paying a little more attention. But hey, when people like us were criticizing this, we were called racists and all this other stuff. And we were like, guys, this is this is dividing the country. This isn't helping black folks. This is this is, you know, it's creating more issues. It's creating more violence. And nope, you know, you gotta be on board. If you don't support it, you're automatically just an an evil, bigoted racist. And now, you know, a couple years on. All this information is now out and its public knowledge. And man, I don't think I've received a single apology from any of those friends who cut me off or called me those things.
1: Oh, well, see, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not even worth, it's not worth compromising yourself just to, just to stay, you know, under, under the water with everybody else. Like, it, it's not worth it. Um, you know, you guys saw it, I saw it. I said, something's not right with this. Something doesn't sit well with me. I don't like these things especially the uh you know being uh being advocates of wanting to disrupt the nuclear family that that's like a big deal for me um and basically like their entire website was all this leftist marxist phrase phraseology and all this other stuff like why would anybody sign up for that why would anybody who just took i don't know 10 minutes to read through their website and see that still be for it unless they're a progressive leftist. But the vast majority of our population are not that. So why would anybody support this? And that's when I started realizing later on, um, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in my book, there, the level of saviorism that we started normalizing within our country, especially on the corporate angle, I bet you anything. A lot of that money—that ninety million dollars that they took in—was corporate dollars. I bet oh, yeah. you a lot of it.
0: Yeah.
1: And and so that's where I'm like, corporations were were buying off basically BLM support. Um, you had private citizens who were buying off BLM support, celebrities buying off BLM support, right? All these different things to show that they're they're trying to do their part and help these poor, you know, uh, black people who are being killed in the streets left and right every day by these murderous police, right? They'll do all of these things except fucking Google. (laughs) You know, they, they just want to feel like they're helping.
0: So it, I was it,
1: to receive a status update.
0: Uh, a good example is you know right after George Floyd and all of that Blackout Tuesday when people just put a black square. All these people put a black square and they're like, oh my god, look how virtuous I am. I care so much. Yeah. I'm gonna read another Kendrick lyric it's from the song Savior. He said, I seen people arguing about who's blacker, even blacked out screens and called it solidarity. Meditating in silence made me made you want to tell on me. And what he means there is like me not doing that, me not blacking out my screen, me not commenting on George Floyd, not commenting on BLM, made you automatically assume that I'm all these things, like made you wanna tell on me, he says. And then uh, there's another part here I wanna read. He said, the cat is out of the bag. I am not your savior. I find it just as difficult to love thy neighbors, especially when people got ambiguous favors, but they hearts not in it. See, everything is for the paper, the struggle for the right side of history independent thought is like an eternal enemy. Capitalists posing as compassionates be offending me. And like I said, man, listen to this record because he's changed. There's definitely something mm-hmm. in that has changed over the last couple of years. And, you know, I think he realized how much of this stuff was just manipulation was just a political division. It wasn't helping black folks at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually the, the funny part about BLM as much as you know, their, uh, Marxists, uh, I always find Marxists funny because they're they're like the best capitalists to have.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know they're they're greedy capitalist pigs, and they they never practice what they preach. Nope. Um, you know they helps no one. They had re- actually. What's funny is and and I will always advocate people, any nonprofit. Go and look up their, I think it's the 990 form. Go to the IRS website. You can pull it up at any time and look at their their tax forms for, for any 501c3, which uh, Black Lives Matter is. Um, and they'll give you a breakdown. They're supposed to give a breakdown every year to the IRS as to what they did with their money, right? So it's full transparency for the public. And, like, you're looking, like, they gave, like, 100000 to – this organization, 200,000 to this organization. You go and look at those organizations. They're all leftists. Like yeah. you have no idea. Even that's what I'm saying, They're so ambiguous. They, they give you no plan as to what they're doing or how they're doing. They say stuff like uh, promoting equality or no, actually not equality, promoting equity, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, supporting LGBT. What does that mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? Tolerance
0: and inclusivity. It's also,
2: like- BLM Global Foundation is a tax exempt nonprofit. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Tax exempt status yeah. in 2020 by the IRS, yeah. just FYI. They're
0: just they're so contradictory, man. They they talk about inclusive <sighs> inclusivity and diversity, but they reject diversity of thought within the black community. They they you know any they're- any black person who diverges from these leftist views is not included in their group is not their voice does not matter anymore, all of a sudden, and it's, it's just it's hypocritical.
1: And that's why they're they're the biggest ones who say, your voice is not authentic, right? They want authentically black people, right? And they're the first ones to 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 stand up and say your voice is not authentically black, right? They're the actually, they're the ones to that will come to me well, they don't really come to me i'm just saying theoretically but they would be the ones that come to me and say that white progress uh white conservatives are telling me what to say yeah you're
0: right. a token. you're a pick me this is a term we've right. heard as well as you know gays yeah. who go against the woke narrative we're called pick me's <laughs> like oh you just want them to accept you into your little club and be part of society and be, no no that's not it at all man i just want to express yeah has nothing to do with wanting to gain favor from conservatives or gain favor from libertarians or gain favor from Democrats. Nothing to do with that at all. But that's yeah. what they say. You know, you're an uncle Tom, you're a pick me or a token, all that stuff, which is offensive, you know?
2: So apparently they bought the property in uh, California as with the company. And it was supposed to be like a temporary lodging for local people like their people when they're in LA and also we're going to use to produce content there for YouTube. Uh, and then she's paying her brother for physical security at the property and mom is being paid for a cleaning job at the property. <laughs> <laughs> housing her family and paying them yeah. to live there. Yeah. they're fake dude they're fakes they're fake they're
0: fake they're fake man this is how like how are they getting away with uh, this this is so criminal (laughs) i'm gonna read a couple more kendrick lines i'm sorry yeah heroes looking for the villains to help i never been sophisticated saving face being manipulative such a required taste i rubbed elbows with people that was for the people they all greedy i don't care for no public speaking so, and then he says, and then they wonder where I've been protecting my soul in the valley of silence. So he's like, I don't want anything to do with this. You know, you guys are all performative. You're, you're fake. You don't actually care about the people, you know? So I don't, I'm not going to go and do your public speaking events and all this stuff. I'm going to step back, try to assess the situation, be a better man, go to therapy. Okay. My art. So this
2: is where the article has their donations in it.
0: Um, it says... Do, 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 do.
2: the Novo Foundation to the tune of 1.5 million, WK Kellogg Foundation to the tune of 900,000, same as Sharon, Borealis Philanthropy 300k, Ford Foundation. Oh, yeah, so I don't know. It's interesting. Um yeah, this is the one grant recipients.
0: How much in total did they get though? It's that Uh, number out there.
2: It's not. Well, it's so it it goes by year, right? Okay. But it says that, uh, as reported by the Washington Times, Soros has given groups associated with Black Lives Matter movement more than 33 million through the Open Society Foundation. Um, and it's unclear if that went directly to BLM Global
0: or some other groups. So can, can they be sued? Can there be lawsuits for this? Uh, yeah, of course. I wonder if anything like that is going to happen.
2: Of course, of course, especially if they ever said at any point, especially if they ever like promised anything to a local chapter uh, and they've got that in email form. Hmm. Uh, here we go. Let's see. And it's form 990 covering July 1st, 2020 to June 30th, 2021 BLM Global Foundation reported paying out 26 million in grants. Of which seventeen point nine million was paid to domestic organizations and eight million to foreign
1: organizations. Large what organization. foreign organizations? <laughs> <laughs> why,
0: why is BLM giving out money overseas? Well, it's funny because when George Floyd and all of that occurred, there was a big uprising in the UK as well. There were big protests out there. I remember, um, what's his name? Right,
2: but cops aren't shooting black people in the UK. <laughs> That's
0: my point, and why all of this just feels like it, it's just like, um, like propaganda, like, manipulation, because didn't Britain eliminate slavery before, like, every other, like, nation? So, like, why are they over there protesting for this? I don't
2: understand. It says how much they gave out, but it doesn't say how much they took in.
1: Hmm. No, in in total, I want to say it was around 90 million. Wow. Right. Yeah, that sounds right.
2: But it's crazy. Yeah. And then they bought this, they they bought this 10,000 square foot mansion in Toronto that used to be the Communist Party of Canada's (laughs) headquarters oh boy maybe they, of they bought so. that renovated it um let's see <laughs> the building named the wild seed center for art and activism houses black lives matter canada and quote is a trans feminist queer affirming space for- <laughs> with supporting black liberation work across canada did you hear that Adam? Did you know black people were not liberated in Canada?
1: <laughs> I did not know that. Good we thing sure, I never we went should
2: arm
0: there. ourselves and go free the black people of Canada. I did not know this. Also, they're so intersectional, man. Wow. They're so like they're trans- so feminist, queer
2: affirming space. So intersectional.
0: <laughs> so woke. So I wonder how
2: I wonder how black people as, you know, on average feel about trans feminist queer
1: affirmers. I don't think it would be possible. Well, actually <laughs> someone, someone had just posted an. Uh, uh, I think it was a study that was that was done that showed, I think it was like three percent of activists um, were black.
2: Only, or of, hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of angry white middle class kids. Really, is what it is.
1: Too many, too that, many kids. And that has me thinking, like, I mean, it has me thinking, like, my reality and what I've seen. Uh, black people in majority, here's, all right, I, I'll say this, and this is my my mini complaint about uh, people on the right and making certain assumptions. Yes, black people in majority vote Democrat, but I don't think people on the right understand why completely, I think they assume, like they see BLM and they see Nancy Pelosi and they see all these people, they see, you know, AOC, and they think that they're voting Democrat because they're leftists, when in reality, there's a multitude of reasons why they vote Democrat. For one, there's a big reason, Uh, no Republicans run against them. So you can't vote for anybody else. Yeah. them when there is a Republican that runs against them, the Republican side gets no support within Democrat strongholds. Right. And I've talked to a couple of them. They get no support whatsoever. They get barely acknowledged. They don't, the only time they get acknowledged is when they have like a really big, uh, when, when they lose, but they lose uh, in a much smaller way than they thought they would lose. Right. When they much make, make a lot of headway. So like, Kim Klasick, for example, right? She made bigger headway than people thought, and she had the viral video and all this other stuff. So that's when people will bring her up and and talk about her. But outside of that, the average Republican who's running for local office um, or uh, within these uh, Democrat strongholds, they get no support whatsoever. And and especially in uh, black majority areas, they get no support whatsoever. So yeah, they're going to vote Democrat too. Uh, they're going to vote Democrat because traditionally, I want to say traditionally within like the past three generations, let's just say, they've been th- voting Democrat. So, yeah, that's what they're going to keep doing unless yeah. they're given some sort of reason to do otherwise. And the last and the most important thing, no matter, because I've met Democrats who are dismayed with what Democrat Republicans are doing but they're like, yeah, but Republicans are racist and they will always have that in the back of their mind. Right. <laughs> they, they could be like, oh, you know what? I know Democrats are racist, but the Republicans are worse. Like it, it still doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, so it's it, now they're like measuring who's racist, yeah. more racist or the right. So it's, there's a multitude of reasons, but as far as being far left progressives, That is such a small percentage of Black Americans who who actually think these things. Yeah. And on top of that, and this is the thing I always try to bring up with people, the Black people who do are more likely they are college educated and they are upper middle to upper class Blacks, right? They are the bourgeoisie. They're you know they're that. These are the people who are saying we need more intersectionality, right? right? That's the people you look at. The the founders of BLM, they're they're exactly that that mold of people. When you look at the average Black American, the working class Black, you know, um, middle class Blacks, they don't think this stuff, right? At at most, what they might do, and and I, this is where I'm critical of Black Americans who do this, they're unwilling to criticize certain things that look like fuckery, right? And they're willing to, even just passively say, well, you know, Black Lives Matter. I don't know, but you know, they're trying to do something good, right? And they're just passive about it, and they're never willing to criticize it. Why? Because it's a black organization.
2: Yeah. Right?
1: right. I. There's so many people who know that Al Sharpton is a crook, but they will <laughs> never criticize him publicly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like saw. I saw a picture of him on Twitter today sitting in like a comfy like
1: robe. It's
0: <laughs> <just>, like, <laughs> like he looks so oppressed in that robe right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, speaking of 990 forms, uh, look at Al Sharpton's National Action Network. Look at his 990 form. I looked at it when I was writing my book for 2019. He paid himself, I want to say it was like $1.2 million. Okay. Right. And he paid... I think it was his lawyer. It was like 200 or 300,000. And I think it was like one other person who was like consultant. Oh, he's and sponsored
0: by Johnson and Johnson and, and Pfizer and oh.
2: Anheuser-Busch, Colgate,
1: Comcast, Pfizer and Home Depot.
0: Hmm. Yep. Interesting. list. Uh,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like they, they make so much money acting like they're doing something when they're really not <laughs> like they. They just like, they're filling their pocket and they're basically the mouthpiece for Democrat politicians so they can show up. And like AOC, when she showed up at the National Action Network and ain't nothing wrong with bartending, right? And doing all this this uh, shucking and jiving, thinking that black people like this shit. And, and it's all this stuff is just identity politics, insulting bullshit. And it's the stuff that made me over time say I'm done with the Democrats because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm tired of this performative nonsense. I'm tired of this, this idea that, oh, we'll just give the black something, you know, and and that's something, uh, although it's already insulting, we'll just give the black something, but that something that they're giving us is nothing, right? We'll give the black something, we'll get a black female uh, vice president. Yeah. Okay. And what does that do for anybody? What helps? Come a little bit. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't do shit for us. Yeah. Right. If i if I'm you, that could person, argue, you could argue that's bad
2: for the black community on the whole. It's, it's, it's right. bad
1: for everybody.
2: And she's making like you know women look bad. She's making black people look bad. She's like, Californians <laughs> look bad. It's like how many people can Kamala Harris make look bad?
0: I just feel like they they are manipulating and profiting off of black anger and and black pain. And especially someone like Al Sharpton, he's made a career out of that. Like they're I think yeah. the term they're typically called is like race baiters. That's that's yeah. like that's. The I call word.
1: them. Uh, I call them ambulance chasers. Actually,
0: ambulance mm. chasers. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah, because he shows up, and he show show up, right? up. Yeah.
0: That's a good point.
2: It was a viral video. Um, he shows up with his army of lawyers and a whole bunch of promises to the family.
0: So I wanted to, ah, another topic that I wanted to discuss, which is related to this, but I guess from the Republican side, you know, looking at black Republicans was the, the Herschel Walker Controversy, <laughs> um, which you you weighed in on that too. So I call, I wanted yeah, to discuss that and maybe go a little into the you know fatherhood as well and that sort of thing. So for those who don't know, um Herschel Walker, he's running where in Georgia?
2: Georgia, Georgia, yeah, Georgia. for he, Congress. For Congress, I believe. Senator, for I want. So Senate position.
0: The right. controversy came about because. Herschel's son, Christian Walker, who's also a very well-known um, gay black influencer, yeah, influencer, political commentator, etc., um, tweeted a thread about his father, um, who he basically criticized for his him passing himself off as like this virtuous, good Christian man and all this stuff, which he he found to be very insulting to himself and his mother. He didn't go into too much details about exactly what Herschel did to him and his mother. But clearly he found the the way his father was portraying himself to be offensive because he found it to be just a total lie and kind of just washing over the things that he went through. And also oh, he, he's running as a Republican. Yes. So family values, family values conservative. So basically he, he was pointing out the hypocrisy of this, you know, someone who's running on that platform while, you know, perhaps being an adulterer and things like that, that sort, not having the family values he claims to have clearly Christian is, is hurt, you know, and maybe talk a bit about the thread you wrote about this and why you, you maybe relate it to him a bit on a personal level.
1: So I'm only saying this because you, you're asking me about it. It's not to like big up myself, but when I, when I saw his video, I was like, Oh, I get it. Right. Cause so many people are like, Oh, he showed up in the campaign, he supported him. Why is he doing it now? The election's almost here. It's an October surprise. And I'm just like, like, I get it. Like, when you're when you're a son, and you have your father, you have a tumultuous relationship with, like, you're trying everything possible to be that good son. Right? And there is no winning. I've, all right. So uh, let's address all the arguments here as to why he did what he did. The people are saying, why would he wait till now to do it? And my response is, when would have been the good time to do it? It would have never been a good time to do it. Because he would have gotten the same criticism. the The Republicans wanted this to happen. They wanted Herschel Walker. That is why basically Herschel Walker is going unopposed. Like. There is no other support from any prominent figures and, and especially the most prominent, Trump, right? So no one is is competing for that position um, alongside Herschel Walker from the very beginning. They wanted Herschel Walker from the start, that was it. They were, it was a lose-lose. Even if he wanted to do this months ago, mm-hmm. they said, well, he should have handled this privately. He made it a public matter when he misrepresented how he was as a father. Christian has every right to refute those statements publicly because his father made it a public matter as to how he was misrepresenting how well of a father he was. So that, that is bullshit. He was being paid by the Democrats. Okay. He was being paid by the Democrats. So, so you mean this guy who's, who's a prominent influencer online for the right, yeah. suddenly just takes money from the Democrats just to do this. That's unrealistic. And my last thing that I basically replied to most people who said this, of all these things that he was doing, what's his motive? right? Because if you're saying that Christian is being malicious, well, what's his motive? Why would he just suddenly one day do this unless the most common sense thing is he is upset that his father misrepresented his family and his upbringing? Like, that is the most Rational and common sense things. So, I actually messaged Christian initially before I wrote the thread and told him because uh, we follow each other, but we don't we don't really talk. And I I told him I was like, listen, I saw I saw your video. I understand where you're coming from. You know, I went through the same kind of thing as a kid, not being around my father. Like, I completely understand where you're coming from. You have my full support. And he said, thank you. I do appreciate that. He didn't know I was going to write that thread, but I felt like I wanted to write that thread. And I took, I took shit from Trump supporters, but I don't care, right? Because this is, this is how I feel about the situation. And here's the perspective as to why Christian would do this. And I, I showed Christian and he thanked me because he was like, he basically was like, yeah, you're spot on as to what, what I'm saying here. And And I don't think people understand how difficult it is to try to, on one hand, be upset with someone that you're supposed to love inherently, um, who's done negative things in your childhood and stuff like that. And on the other hand, you have opportunities to try to mend that relationship or try to move forward. And you're trying to do that. You're trying to be the good son. You want to be like your dad.
0: Yeah, you show up at a campaign event, event once, you know, just to try to be there. And then now, look, it, it gets used against him now as some kind of evidence that he's like, right. you know, lying. It's like, right. no, he's conflicted. That's the point is like when you're in a situation like that, you're going to naturally be conflicted between wanting to love the father still. But at the same time, being angry for the things that that he did.
1: Exactly. Um, you know. His his video was anger.
0: It was authentic. It, uh, I felt it was authentic. It, when I watched it, I'm like, he's not bullshitting. This is, this is real. He really feels this.
1: Yeah. He was angry. And he was disappointed, right? Because he didn't want this to happen from the very beginning. His family, t- his family told Herschel from the very beginning, not to do this. He had too many skeletons in his closet. And the other thing I want to bring up and I actually learned after the fact, Herschel didn't live in Georgia. I don't know if you guys knew that. He pulled the Dr. Oz. Ooh. Ooh. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. I knew that about Dr. Oz and I criticized Dr. Oz because how are you going to move to Pennsylvania and a week or two later run to, to become a senator? Like <laughs> so, something doesn't sound right about that they were living in
2: like la they were in california Yeah, but right? also
0: it's like it's how are you going to represent a community you don't even really know anything about yet because you haven't lived there it yeah. doesn't make any it, sense
1: it doesn't make any sense but they he wanted, wanted the same name. thing they they wanted his name and yeah. this is this is the this is the dirty political game that's happening and if you're a republican out there i'm an independent And I'm I'm openly criticizing the Republican Party and I'm openly criticizing Trump, allowing this to happen because this doesn't seem right. Right. And if Trump is your guy, listen, he's he's a man. He's you know, he has his flaws. He does things that he shouldn't do, but he does certain things that I think I, I agree with. But this is one of those things that I don't agree with. I don't agree with you pushing for this man who has all different types of flaws, to move to a state he doesn't live in, to represent people he doesn't know, that doesn't make any sense to me yeah. why anybody on any political party would allow that. And now we have two candidates under the Republican Party that did that, that are prominent. Yeah. right? And, and two of them happen to be famous people prior to even running. And both of them endorsed by Trump. And that is one of my, my general issues with this entire thing. Trump is supposed to be a kingmaker of people, but Trump is not 100% on this stuff. And Trump is easily mis- uh, uh, swayed in, in different directions because of someone's fame. And Dr. Oz is a terrible candidate. Herschel Walker is even worse. I, I There is, there is at no point that you could get me to buy that Herschel Walker was a great candidate. Whatsoever. <laughs> Whatsoever. He
2: was
0: a football then, player. I mean, I mean, that's beside the
2: point.
1: But like you know? why like you
2: think that you'd go I mean, going into politics, you'd want to have some management or legal or scientific or yeah, I
0: mean, there's 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 positive things you could say about being someone who has played on a team, you know, something of that sort, which could be you know, skills that are applicable to politics, but I understand what you're saying about
1: but you know, for me, it's, it's more than his old profession. It's about his it, generally speaking. And this is it, what it's always been like. If you got skeletons in your closet, once you start running for federal office, like all that shit starts coming out. Yeah. You know? There's no yeah. hide, especially yeah. today. I
2: mean, come on. Like, yeah. this is like the digital yeah.
0: age. Well, this Basically, what Christian said is like, you know, he, he wouldn't have responded in this way if his dad just didn't re- misrepresent his past, you know. And maybe yeah. if, if he owned it from the beginning and he said, well, look, you know, I'm running. I want to represent you guys. These are the values I have. I have not always lived up to these values.
1: you know. Yes, but he owned it. That. Just if, owned if, it. If owned it. It would have been honest.
0: I think Christian would have reacted totally different if that was yes. how he approached it. Like, hey, I'm not a perfect man. I've made all these mistakes in the past. I'm trying to be better. I've not always lived up to these totally. values, but I want to try to live up. He would have gotten matters. like credit for it. Different approach completely, but the way he went about it was just like trying to make it seem like he was this perfect dad and and this you know perfect exemplar of conservative values and stuff. And yeah, I think you know if I was in Christian's situation, I perhaps would have reacted the same.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Um, I'm not going to give a lot of details. And, th- and this is not from Christian. So, you know, I just want to make that clear. But there may be some teeth when it comes to these allegations. Yeah. I'm just going to put it like that. And so, I mean, you cannot be surprised. Like, you knew that he had four kids with four women, he was a football player who went all the way around, all around the US. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was dropping loads in, in multiple places that he don't remember <laughs> or doing certain things that he shouldn't have been doing. So that's what I'm saying. Like this, this was a terrible idea. This was a terrible idea from the very beginning. And I think, I think this is one of those things where when you just pick people because they have a name, yeah. or you pick people because you think you, ah, I see. Like I always wondered, like, I've had people tell me you should run for office, right? And I kind of understand why they say that to me. But then I look at certain people, and I'm just like, why would anybody tell you that? <laughs> 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 and that makes me wonder, like, what are people's standards for someone who should run for office of any kind? And, and-
0: I, think, I think part of it is, like, at least this is how I feel about it. The people who are probably best to have power are typically the ones who, who don't want it. And I think yeah. there's there is something to that. Um, I'm gonna bring up Harry Potter if only, as an example. If only we had
2: that system. Yeah. That'd be a cool system. Like nobody could nominate themselves. You had to be nominated yeah. by somebody else. Well,
0: I'm gonna bring up Harry Potter as an example, a cheesy example, but like in the end, he he gets the elder wand, right? It's like the yeah. most powerful wand in all of the wizarding world. And Harry breaks it and throws it into the water. Doesn't want that power, you know, which in a sense shows that and the message there is that he's actually the most suited to have that power because he wouldn't abuse it. He would know how to use it in, in a just way. So I think, you know, when people see someone like you, someone who doesn't want that, but has values. Right. And, and, and those things, they, they see you as a good
1: fit. For it. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's what I'm saying. Like I, for certain people, I understand why, because I don't want it, but for other people, like, Outside of Herschel Walker, I, I met somebody – Um, I don't want to say they're a prominent figure or anything like that, not, but they know a couple people, and, and they were like, yeah, I'm going to run for office. Why? Because a couple people told you that you should run for office? And and I look at them, and I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, they want power. Yeah. And, and those people freak me out who, who just want power because they'll say whatever, like Kamala Harris, she freaks me out. She'll sell out her whole family just to get power. Just to get a new, new position. Even if it's a a shit position that means nothing like a VP, but she'll, she just wants the power. She wants that notoriety. She wants to be the first. She doesn't care what she has to do. And, uh, that's what scares me about a lot of uh, federal government politicians. A lot of them are very sociopathic and, and, you know, very egocentric. Um, and I, I don't trust, I don't trust most of them.
0: Yeah, I'm the um, same, man. I'm the same. And you can. Like you, I'm, I'm also an independent and I've basically always been an independent. And, and I know some people like give a shit for that. Oh, you're fence sitters and all this stuff. It's like, no, I view it as like, you, you really have to earn my vote. I don't have party loyalty to anyone. I don't do that group think stuff you know, but I will be open to looking at the parties and what they're presenting. And you just, you really have to earn our vote. That's what it comes down to. And I think a lot of people, I think most people are probably independent. Even people who think they're a Republican or a Democrat, if you really went down and analyzed their positions, would probably fall more into a moderate position. So.
1: Yeah, that's why I I believe most people are pretty moderate and they can find commonalities. But um, right now, I lean towards the Republican party as far as getting my vote because they are the party that is not in favor of mutilating children. Yes. Mm -hmm. They are the least. That's a, that's a big one. They are the least. I don't want to say they're not at all. And that's actually one of my problems, but they are the least identity politics driven. True. Although they're, they're going in that direction. I don't really have their
0: own. I mean, yeah, the, they're, they they definitely have their own form of identity politics among some of them, but I agree yeah. it is not their like modus operandi. They don't. And the like, leadership sucks. Yeah, the leadership <laughs> sucks. And, and, and Mitch we, McConnell, yeah. nobody
2: likes Mitch McConnell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's as corrupt as they come. So I guess I
0: guess my next question is, you know, you're saying you're leaning toward voting Republican. It's like, what do you think they have to do more to really get that vote, or you know, what what can they do to kind of secure more victories? Because um, Running candidates like Herschel and Dr. Oz and all that stuff clearly is not. It's such a waste
1: it. of money. <laughs> um, this might sound controversial, but they need to. All right. I, let me preface this by saying I have no problems with Donald Trump. Right. I have no Trump derangement syndrome or anything like that. And there are things that I agree with Donald Trump and I'm, and I'm glad that he was our president. But I don't think he should run again. I feel the same way a lot of people do.
0: And, and I,
1: but you know what what's interesting? I've I I wrote an article talking about from an independence perspective that Ron DeSantis is more attractive than Trump. And I gave the reasons why, but I, I you know, I wasn't slamming Trump or anything like that, but I was being fair. Like he has good good qualities but he's his own worst enemy and yeah. he's too polarizing right That's ron de looking for yep yeah, ron DeSantis is has the best of trump without getting in his own way mm-hmm. he doesn't need to have the microphone yeah he fair. can let like at the at the time christina Pushaw was oh, his press secretary let she christina argue with the media let, yes. let let her do that let other people fight fight those battles Right. But Trump will give interviews to like uh Axios and Hostile like, Media. Yeah. on media, so he can For, combat Trump, with them and Trump like, very yeah.
0: much operated under the, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity.
1: Right, but when you're a president there is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's the
1: thing the thing that got him in was the
2: same thing that, that ended up hurting yes. him while he was yeah. in. Also, he's got this kind of haughty arrogance that comes with being Trump. I mean He's He's got some of the classic narcissistic tendencies. Yeah. And I think that was sort of his Achilles heel there because once he had his little group of trusted advisors, anybody whispering in his ear was able to yeah. sort of manipulate which direction Look, he went, especially I, with the hiring, which is a big problem.
0: Like now, maybe I didn't earlier years ago, but now I do kind of think deep down. I think Trump did care about the country and did want to make things better. But yeah. I, I also do still think that the narcissism part there and that there very much was a part of him that ran in 2016 and wanted to win just to simply win just to see president Donald Trump in the history books and I think part of it is because people told him he couldn't and Trump is very much like oh I want to win you know and I think it it made him just go even more headstrong into it but maybe he himself didn't even expect to win in 2016 I think he was even a little surprised by that because a lot of other people were that's for sure.
1: I was I know a lot of people were. Um, I was I, <laughs> I
2: woke up, I went to bed thinking Hillary Clinton was going to win. I woke up and I was like, "No way." Yeah. <laughs> I was so shocked. I didn't actually I don't think I voted in that election.
0: So, I'll I'll never forget that that day because uh there was a fire on my block that night and I'm like, is this like a symbol or something? But I wasn't home. I was at my friend's house like a couple miles away and then like my dad calls me and he's like, The house like three doors down from us is on fire and it's spreading to the ones beside and we don't know if we're gonna have to get out now so i'm all there freaking out my parents are freaking out and then meanwhile we're over here watching the television and the results coming in during the election so me personally i'll never forget that night just because it was weird like that but yeah so much has happened since then man. it's crazy
2: yeah i definitely i registered republican for the first time in my life when i when we came back to new york I was, you know, it was it's a big, it was a big thing, um, and it was mostly because of the gender borg and the Democratic Party. I've, I've gotten very adamant when it comes to children's rights and gay rights, and not letting these insane alphabet neo communists.
0: We won't even say gay rights; we'll say sex based rights. Sure. Second-based yeah. strikes.
2: And it's just, well, like, it, it just blows my mind that these crazies have sort of taken over and are now like, claiming to speak for all of us, and then yeah. they're deploying the children. The straight people are dolling up their children in drag and claiming that they speak for us. And I'm like, no, 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 honey. Absolutely not. Keep your children at home until they are old enough to enter the public square. Like, none of this friggin' like, teenage drag kid
0: stuff. It's just too much. Honestly, like... Both sides, I think, need to stop using kids. Anyone, you know, in politics, like just stop using kids for your political agenda, period. I don't care if you're on the right or the left. I don't think, that, not, I mean, my... who's on the right using kids? Well, I'm not, little... I'm not, I can't think of any examples, but <laughs> <laughs> I just no, think in, pedo, just in general, this is something that should be avoided. So I'm advising you.
2: Yes. Well, there's a word for it. I think it's like pedophastry. It's when you deploy a child activist. It's like, uh, Greta Thunberg is like the, Greta Thunberg, she's yeah. She's the perfect example. It's a good example. It's like when you use a child because then to attack the child, it's like, oh, you monster. How dare you yeah. criticize the child? It's like, that child should be in school.
0: Yeah. It kind of, <laughs> yeah. it kind of makes them a little impervious to criticism because when you criticize them, like Brent said, it's like people look at you like you're a monster. Like, why are you coming for this child? It's no, we're saying this child should be a child and maybe not be putting out the, you know, put in front of the limelight to represent these huge issues that you know even adults don't know how to and solve. And also stop, you know?
2: stop mixing the thing like they like to blend the identity of the individual with the politics. I can attack an idea that a child is proffering and not be attacking the yeah. child like I'm mm-hmm. attacking an idea I mean, but what they do especially with the transing of mm-hmm. the children yep. and they, they used the, they, they cre- they turn the children into avatars of those ideas. And shield, as, when yeah. I was up in Burlington with Josh Slocum and, and the LGB Alliance, they were, they were, the people there were criticized. How dare you? This is for the children. You know, we're protecting children. How dare you? All this stuff. And it's like, they really think that they were the ones protecting children by, you know, subjecting them to puberty blockers and, and surgeries and this kind of stuff. And the reversal the stunning reversal of it all it's just so they they really are in a cult and we were in this uh twitter spaces last night and paula is this uh woman i've been chatting with she's sending me all these things of like them actually turning it into a religion there's like this video going around of this uh teenager who i think is a, a biological female wearing a breast binder and she's talking about how trans bodies are
0: holy they're divine oh man that video is weird this whole it's like it really is getting like more and more culty and it's 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 a a seven it was a 17 year old too you know yeah on stage speaking like like an evangelical prophet almost if you listen to this person and all these adults are just there cheering clapping eating this stuff up like, uh, it hurts my it's, brain. <laughs> it's, honestly, go watch that video. Anyone who hasn't seen it, because it, it really is bizarre. Maybe like, I can. Have you
2: have you seen this, Adam? Maybe I can pull it up. No, I haven't.
0: But like, I think she literally starts off like her speech by saying that trans people are are divine, right? <laughs> Let me find
2: it. Probably better off Googling
0: it. Brent. I wouldn't go on Twitter. You're <laughs> not gonna find it that way. But um, it's bizarre. You know, like you said, it, very, it does feel like a religion almost. And the trans, like, I, I put a, a controversial tweet out earlier. Well, aside from absolutely no one is born in the wrong body. It's crazy that that's controversial. <laughs> today. But um, I compared the, where is it? Oh, I said the gender cult are like the modern Aztec sacrificing virgins on an altar to their gods. Transing the youth is like a sacrament to them. It's like, it's holy to them, to the radical Mm -hmm. type at least. And I'm not, you know, I'm not commenting on like the parents who don't know any better or, you know, they really are just deeply concerned for their kids who are confused and all that stuff. And I know there are a lot of parents out there like that who mean well, but I'm talking about the ones who are like actively pushing this stuff, advocating for it, um, who are almost like excited to trans their kid. Yeah. There's something really bizarre and strange about that.
1: Yeah, it's Munchausen.
0: It's Munchhausen, yep. Transhausen by proxy. by proxy. Yeah. Hold on. Where is oh my gosh. Were are you trying to find the video? Yeah, I'm still trying to find it. I went into my DM. Is this it?
2: Yeah, this is one of their
0: things. It's called... Min- Ministries Beyond Welcome. Yeah. It, 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 click. Yeah, and it has like the tree symbol and there's like a pride flag on one half and then the trans flag on the other. I'm trying to see
2: where the video was. Publications? that? No, I don't know. I'll keep looking.
0: Yeah, well, people could just go look it up. You know, go on Google, look up ministries beyond welcome, or you know, look up trans bodies are holy. I'm sure it'll it'll come up there. But we are about at an hour and a half, so I think we should be wrapping it up soon. Adam, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with people? Um, like uh, just- maybe I'll, maybe I'll prime that with a question. You know, how do you think? we as a country can move forward past all of these divisive issues and like heal, you know, black, white, straight, gay, Republican, Democrat. Can we actually find common ground or are we just screwed? Go outside. Go outside. Touch (laughs) (laughs) grass.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's how, like, I talk about stuff, but I always keep in mind, like I'm combating like the 3% you know, or the, maybe not even 3%, might be smaller, but I'm combating a very specific population of people. I'm not even combating uh, Democrats or like, uh, when I say Democrats, I I mean like the people, people who vote Democrat. I'm mostly combating progressives because they have cultural control and I'm combating uh, politicians, mainly on the left, but just bad politicians in general, the federal government, So I'm combating very specific people outside of that. I think people are just people Yeah. like I don't, I don't, I know a lot of people who follow me, like, don't like Democrats, maybe the Republicans. I don't really have a problem with the moderate Democrat who has their position on certain things. And like, I get it. I used to be a Democrat, so I understand that, but there is too, there are too many things that happen within that party that I I can't, I can't support, but at the same time, like I said, when I go outside, I talk to people and I don't know their political affiliation. I don't really care. And I miss those days of not knowing yeah. other people's politics, especially famous people. Uh, you know, I used to like just not even thinking about whether that basketball player votes a particular way or not. Yeah.
0: Right. Or, or got a vaccine or not, you know, stuff like that. Right,
1: Like yeah. I just, I just did not care. Um, so, yeah, I would just say my, my advice for people is just go outside. Yeah,
0: and- go touch grass. Think- go talk to people, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah you, you'll you be su- – well, you shouldn't be surprised, but you might be surprised depending on how far down the rabbit hole of the online spaces you go.
0: Yeah, it's t- – you know, Twitter and Instagram and just social media in general, it can definitely, I think, misconstrue people's perceptions. Um, you know, and, and, it, and it amplifies like the loudest voices to the point where sometimes you think more people think that way than they actually do. And I think that's what's happening with the radical left. I don't think there are as much of them as it seems. I think they're just really loud. And because they have the, the cultural support of Hollywood, of mainstream academia and all that stuff, it seems like there's more of them than there actually is. But I think most normal people are relatively moderate. And I think when it comes to, say, the trans issues and the gender stuff, I think most people do agree with our positions, but are too afraid to say so right now. And the tides are turning a bit. Hopefully they turn more. But I think that's what it it comes down to. Most normal people are moderate.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
2: totally.
0: All right. I couldn't find the video. Yeah. With all that said, guys, thanks for joining us for this episode. You know, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Go support Adam. Um, Go check out um, his publishing company, Wrong Speak Publishing, and go check out his book, Black Victim to Black Victor. Adam, thanks for joining us, man.
1: Thank you for having me. And
2: we're going to end the recording. Stay tuned for more. Bye
0: bye. (laughs)